We just had two, two people walk in and two were speaking. So just
uh, again, the agenda is just a guide. If anybody says, hey, I want to hear this first, we can do that. Uh, uh, anything is, we have to, we're obligated to publish an agenda. But as I said, from the experience, and probably Tim can confirm, you can change the order of steps in general. So thank you very much. So service agencies, of course, do we have uh, family services? Um, I'm with the, I'm Jennifer Perry. This is my first meeting I'm with the Gulf Protective Services. Um, Congratulations the, and yeah, welcome. Thank you. Uh, typically, I guess Rochelle um, said that sometimes we take things to the beginning of the meeting, but she's not here today, so I'm not quite sure what information I'm supposed to share. So. Okay. Normally, we go through the uh, monthly report, and uh, I don't think we've seen it as yet. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So, it'll be a, an interesting mm -hmm. discussion next month. Okay. Because it'll be several months since we've seen it. And sometimes she sends it via email. Right. I talked to her admin assistant last week and she said that usually she just sends it. So I had assumed that she sent it ahead of time. I thought I saw one. Not the case. Maybe one or months old. I apologize. She said that she usually sends them. No, I don't know. I don't know. I saw one recently, but I don't know. Okay. I feel better about that. Thank you. 
So uh, our minutes are approved. And uh, okay. I just I just noticed we're missing somebody. I should just say what. what um, so I'm just uh, present.
part of it, right? What did you say? Uh, you know what? I think I think the minutes we have in front of us are wrong because if you look at what she sent out, they're correct. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. I know I read the minutes, and yeah, so yeah. This, this is not okay. the November 9th minutes. Yeah. No, it isn't. The November 9th minutes are this that we sent to us very similar. So if we've all looked at that, we could go ahead and vote on that. Okay. And this talks about the September 30th NVAN meeting, which we attended. So, I suggest that we uh, disapprove the minutes, ask that they be uh, re reprinted at, uh, for our consideration in the next meeting. Cascades, I'm going to sit on an advisory board as well. 
And um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and it's a good you. That's a thank very much. And uh, her husband gets mails all the time. <laughs> I'm Sally Gale, the assistant manager at Eastern Neighborhood Um I'm Jennifer Price. I'm with the Department of Family Services. I do adult protective services. I'm Sammy Abahor, representing the Dulles District. I'm on Native Warrior, and I'm just visiting. <laughs> I'm mostly not take a lot of time to play. And I'm also been representing you for coffee. But we also have one more time. I'm Deborah Williams. I'm the interim division manager for football. And we have Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, <coughs> I'm Jeremy Payne. I'm the deputy director. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on the phone. You know. I'm on the phone. You know. She's not on the phone. She's not on the phone anymore. Oh. filing at work, so. Thank you. 
Yes, you left early. Faith came in later. I'm sorry about that. Who seconded? Who seconded, Rich? Nancy seconded. Okay, thank you. That's okay. And uh, we have. So, are there any those who oppose? That being the case, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Approved. No disapproved. One absent or one vacant position. So I guess that doesn't count either. So it's just eight zero zero. All righty. Painful? Oh. <laughs> that, that happens in my life all the time. Party journey. Um, and uh, that being the case, we are uh, public guests. Would you like to comment at all? I'm just glad to be here. I've been here a few times already, and um, I'm Lakeisha's mother. 
And I, I knew I thought I read Yeah, he's came to support her and to learn more about the um, commission on the agent. I was uh, I was very excited last time we went through the Candace Council. When we went through our strategy session, how many great projects or uh, things that we could you know, work for work on last time. So uh, what I did was I just took the list that uh, I think Aaron captured at the time. And I, I said, okay, what are the ones that are maybe, uh, one of them just jumped out, which I consider construction projects. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. More. Um, Jen, uh, 15, is that There we go. No, it's right. That's good. Yes, and so we can we can get into some acts about what I call them, or you know, if we want to move one around, that's okay. But again, I think one jumped out um, as uh, almost everyone either had questions, comments, or added to it, and that is the one I'm calling projects, which is this uh, we call the century garden or. Uh, garden for people living with uh, disabilities, uh, that that sort of thing. And so um, I actually had a little bit of advance notice about that particular one because my wife, Mary Lou, went to the uh, Parks and Rec meeting uh, where uh, Sally had talked about it. And so I, I was hoping that she would be here where she was and we did talk about it. Then everybody contributed. So um, I took this list and I met with Steve um and uh, on december 5th i believe so i'll pass around another one and and brought with him a list of topics that i wanted to discuss about how we can get involved uh what happens if we get involved what is the budget issue that sort of thing so this was just a list that i brought to argue the state so this morning i was hoping that what we could do rather than while he's still I and mean, he can stay obviously but <laughs> while he's still here because uh, Steve also was aware of this, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think was excited about the opportunity of working with the Commission uh, on Aging on a project like this. And so uh, what I thought was we could let him discuss that along with Jeremy this morning, and then we can ask all the questions we want. And then after that, we could review the others and then decide on the one or more that we want to advocate for in 2023. So is that okay with everybody? Is that, is that all right? So um, Rich, I'll kind of turn it back to you, I guess. Uh, we why, might, why don't you uh, all right. <laughs> Well, I'll let, well, Steve, if you don't mind, sure. I'll let you uh, talk about it because I know you know by now a lot more about the possibilities than I do. Sure. So, well, first, thank you for uh, inviting us to come and uh, when when Mike reached out to me it really was was timely I know that when when Sally brought up her idea at the all staff conference you could see all the heads nodding in the audience uh, when that came up and it's, and it's and it really is one of the things that um, organizations struggle with a lot of times it's something that was right there in front of us but it takes somebody bringing it up for everybody to realize how, how great an idea that was um, 
And I hope that through today's discussion, we can, we can move really towards trying to implement um, whatever it is that the COA discussed. Now, I can't guarantee that you all will get a guitar like Sally down for your idea. That would be uh, a surprise that came out of the thing. But, um, but it was a, a, a great idea. And, and uh, as I told Mike, I'll share with, uh, with you, it was an idea that had stuck in the back of my mind after the all staff conference and at a public input session for uh, the Franklin Park expansion that we were doing, I was approached by a gentleman uh, who wanted to talk with me about putting in a trail at one of our parks, similar to what they just did over at Scott Meadows, which was specifically, blind, uh, specifically built um, for people with visual impairments. Um, and they worked with the Virginia Association for the Blind and built this trail at Sky Meadows Park, which is specifically for that. So we went out and we hiked the trail together. And it wasn't that long afterwards that I got a call from Mike. And so all these things start popping. So I think that this is a great discussion for, for us to have. Um, because, you know, as the board appointed committee or commission, just like with the Parks, Recreation, and Open Space Board and the uh, Commission on Youth, um, we like to do those things where we identify something that is uh, can be a focus, not that uh, the, the, um, the liaison work that you do is, is going to stop. That's, that's one of the primary responsibilities of, of the commission. But we also like to have something that we can say, okay, this is something that we work on. Uh, like, for example, the Linear Parks and Trails Initiative that the Pros Board uh, over the past couple of years have been working on. And so when Mike came and said, hey, this is something that we're thinking about. Can we do some type of a um, uh, sensory trail or a garden area or, or some other type of trail that's specifically designed uh, for, for ease of access and, 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 and being inclusive for, for all the folks in Loud Project, particularly focused on seniors? Uh, we were all over that. We think that's just a phenomenal idea. And I think that it can tie into uh, kind of the excitement of the linear parks and trail system that we have going uh, on right now. Now, this type of trail that, that Mike and I talked about, uh, and I think is is what based in, in Sally's suggestion, is is not so much a, a connectivity trail going from one park to the to the next. It's more of a loop trail. Uh, but but I look at it from the standpoint of it can connect the community from the standpoint of, of providing an opportunity for all people in the community to go out and enjoy the parks and, and be able to do that in a safe manner, uh, in a manner that uh, uh, makes them feel welcoming. Uh, because I can tell you there's a, there's a lot of the trails that we do have that uh, really are not accessible right now. Um, and if you have somebody that, uh, that uh, needs assistance to go out there. There's just certain trails that we have um, that, that are not uh, conducive to, uh, to those residents being able to go out there. But we can, I think, very easily get to a point where uh, we identify certain trail, um, either um, loop trails uh, or, or some other areas that, that we, could, uh, we could work with the COA and have that as a project, put those in um, as a part of the overall trails program. So let me stop and make sure that I didn't go well. 
to Eastern Loud and Adult Bay uh, with Sally. Uh, I do know that there are um, uh, folks with the, the park planning uh, had some feedback on that. And um, although that is something that we could look at being a possibility, and Sally, I'm sure you know, you get outside of the, the Eastern Loud and Adult Bay Center and the topography goes pretty steep. Um, and so we're not sure that that is going to be the for an initial start, um, but the other thing that we were, we were talking about is, is taking one of the, uh, the existing trails at Claude Moore and doing some oil planting uh, to that trail, um, and, and I think that that would be a, a good place perhaps to start um, uh, because we do have a, another trail, the, the Mary Breeze And it was it was it was a similar type of, of concept, but it was for learning about nature. Um, and so to have another circuit trail uh, within Claude Moore, parkings there, the restrooms are there. Um, you know, we could we could have an accessible trail uh, put in as kind of like a pilot. Um, we go from there. Let me stop and just open for at least initial questions. Yeah, um, my question was it sounds like what you're looking to create would also be good for people with other impairments, other than people who are blind, because if you're going to be smoothing it out a little bit so that blind people don't trip, then other people with mobility issues could enjoy it. I'm thinking that sounds like a wonderful thing. I used to be a wheelchair user myself two years ago. And never could get out in nature like that. And I'm just thinking that with our aging population, uh, sometimes mobility is an issue. And I see on here something about benches. If you put a couple benches around for people to rest, you suddenly open it up not just to blind folks, but to mobility impaired folks in all ages and their families. I think it's public. And and just let me be clear, I probably was not clear. I'm not I'm not recommending that this be specifically for visually impaired folks. That was just the one at Sky Meadows that I went and saw and hiked. And it struck in my mind and through the conversations with the volunteers that put that in out there, you know, what they said was this was this has become not just a place that people come from all over that have visual impairments, but you know, uh Grandparents that want to go for a hike with their grandchildren, this is a safe place for them to be. Um, and so there's a lot of people that come and use this. So we're in, we're in a lot. Yeah. It just sounds very nice to me because I know people of all, all needs would enjoy it. We had, we had discussed that with one. Like, I know Sally brought up several books of
equipment replacement. Oh, we love acronyms. But, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I noticed in the paperwork here this morning is with the sensory gardens, with the music gardens and things along those lines, you know, that's something that I think if the, if the COA wanted to talk with, uh, with, the, with the county about, at some of the adult day centers and things like that, as we go through our normal replacement um, cycle on things, you know, the, the playground industry right now has phenomenal um, music type um, amenities that, you know, everything from drumming to, um, but more so than just focusing on kids, playground companies are now um, trending towards activities for adults, you know, whether that's active fitness components or it is sensory components designed for individuals with specific needs. So they have definitely broadened their horizon to try and expand their business models. So there's a lot of forthcoming of, um, products that are specifically tailored towards issues like and obviously, all environmentally and uh, weather uh, secure. Uh, so we visited a children's museum down in New Orleans, and that was uh, a whole section devoted to instruments, as you say, Steve, drums, chimes, uh, a whole series of chimes that you can uh, play a tune on. So uh, that's an exciting possibility. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's great. I think I'm thinking about not just for physical impairment, but also A is a prevention for worsening of emotional issues too. And feeling, I hate that word, I hate being all the time in power, right? But I think that, um, you know, so many seniors are having um, depression, anxiety, you know, isolation issues. It would be great if they know about this. To go out there and it would boost confidence, it would make them, you know, who knows what you're preventing. You know, it's fun. Yeah, fun. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't know how to If I could add, that's kind of how we got started <laughs> during COVID when we reopened. Um, we couldn't serve everyone who needed us. There are a lot of people isolated at home, it's not caregiving, pads. Um, so we were getting outside to, to um, Bless Park more mm -hmm. and, you, and looking at it differently than we ever yeah. had before yeah. and um, wanted to open it up to the community so we started an early bird program but um, I had a stack at the Golden Sky Meadow website and their path looks exactly like what um, there isn't path at Blessed Park I don't know if you went out there mm -hmm. but if it were just filled in some of the ruts it looks almost exactly like the wooded um, this is West Bless Park. Oh, Bless Park. Um, I'm sure you looked at it. I'm not trying to do your, your role, but no, no, no. we have a soft spot for um, Bless Park. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and Bless Park is a phenomenal uh, gem that we have. The, the challenge that we saw with Bless Park as opposed to Sky Meadows is, is the topography is, is flipped. So that at the uh, at that trail system that is at Sky Meadows, when you're hiking it, if you step off of the trail, you're going uphill. Whereas at Bless Park, in certain areas, if you get off, you're going to go down. 
okay. in certain areas fairly steep. And so that was just a concern. It's not yeah. that we can't do that, right. it's just, just a concern of that. Whereas some of the other areas that I think in, in some of the different parks or um, looking at a place in Bless Park that's not immediately adjacent to the adult day center. Well, that would be ideal too. We still like to get out. It's a feeling sure. like you, you're going out even though you're <laughs> two miles down. Yeah. But um, because the trailhead that we use is right near the restrooms, right near the children's playground. Right. And then well, just... And, and I think that, um, um, just to think back on, on what you were saying, <laughs> Dr. The, uh, um, one of the, the things that is, is becoming more and more prevalent in the parks and recreation mm -hmm. industry is the recognition um, of the, you know, everybody talks about health and wellness, but there is a lot of, of study going on about the actual um, comparative benefits uh, <laughs> the medication and being outside and doing those things. And there's actually an organization called PARPRX that is, uh, that is working with um, physicians um, to try and convince them as opposed to like, for example, kids with ADHD, you know, um, a, a, a tendency is to go right to medication for them. And a lot of physicians these days are getting more physicians to try, okay, your prescription is to go and hike for an hour in a park three times a week. Mm -hmm. And what they're seeing is that when that happens and there is a concerted effort to spend time out, outside not necessarily playing sports, but just in the natural setting, those things tend to come down. And so this would be a place where you would need a prescription that you could go and do that and yeah. get the benefits of it. Well, that's the kind of stuff that like you describe for people. Mm -hmm. It's part of it's kind of like okay, you want to be well. It's part of what you do, a diet, exercise, but not better like you don't do. I do the same thing with my clinical hypnotherapist and gerontologist. I do the same thing. Kids with ADD, I teach them some basic Tai Chi moves. I have them go walk the dog. Or walk by themselves or walk with the parents. If the parents are not allowed to speak, I'm not talking to them. Much. <laughs> 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 the little kids like it's one other little. No. 
When we were, we opened our program to the public in 
Oh, um, but it also was a normal um, uh, pictorial interpretive sign so that uh, if somebody was, they could do it by themselves or they could, uh, um, if their grandkids were with them or their spouse was with them or whatnot, they're, and, and they don't read Braille, they're also seen and, and mm -hmm. experiencing the same thing. Now, the other thing that they did was not necessarily all interpretive signage, um, but for example, there was, you know, one station where they had a, uh, right along the edge was this massive hickory tree. And so the, the intent of that station was to actually feel what the hickory tree was, was like. And then when they went to the vernal pool, uh, you walked out on this deck and instead of having signs about, you know, this salamander is here and this frog is here, they had models that you could actually feel, okay, this is this is uh, the salamander that's here and there was information associated oh, nice. So it was things like that mm -hmm. that made it very unique. Um, uh, it wasn't necessarily a playground, but the other thing was uh, the elevation change never was more than 1% throughout the entire, I think it was three quarters of a mile. Mm -hmm. So it was very flat. And uh, and that's where it got into with Jeremy and I was talking about some of the existing trails that we have probably are very close to being able to return relatively easy uh, into something like yeah. that. Yeah. Did they have an audio? Um, You've got, uh, there's not, so um, the, the audio signage, like for example, down at the um, Settle Dean Cabin, uh, down at the end of Loudoun County Parkway, where it's right through, we've got an interpretive log cabin down there. And um, uh, when we did the interpretive signage down there, we did um, audio signs, uh, simply because it was an unstaffed site and, and it was a little bit more. We could look at something like that. However, the difference, um, it, it, would, it really would be site-specific uh, because um, the, the battery functions that we had originally uh, did not work well, <laughs> and so uh, we ultimately had to run power to those signs to keep them working properly. And, and obviously, you get off the beaten path. That's going to be a challenge. So wondering, um, uh, it's, it's most of these things that we're talking about are human woods. So right. So, so Ron Thursday suggested for us to use the Merlin app for birds that we could hear, uh, identify what birds we were hearing on the call. But sometimes you don't get uh, reception when you're, right. the further away we would get from the trailhead, you know, the movement on Merlin. But for Bill, it, you know, yeah, it is. Probably wouldn't be a problem in Claude Moore's house. Misty, um, I first of all want to thank Mike uh, for doing all of this, for getting our brains functioning and working. And, you know, I'm an I'm a, uh, administrative officer in the Army, and I've always, uh, my, my roles, responsibilities, and who does what to who, where, when, is always in my mind. And uh, I, I look at our bylaws and the things that, you know, operating procedures, and I, I, I see a lot of things. Uh, I, I, well, I guess what I'm going to do is bounce some ideas. First of all, what do you see us doing as a COA? In all of this, and, and, and also anything that we do. But myself, I, I think of myself, I think of us as uh, 
the years and years of the community of seniors, what they what are they looking for? And then as a link with our supervisor. If, if money's needed, you know, we go to them and try to help. Is, is that what you see? And, and as direct, you know, I, okay, park bench, that's fine. But I don't want to say, well, this was donated by the COA. It's not, it's, but it was parks and rec. But maybe we could say, and I think this book was put together, Rich, I think. It, was it your idea? Oh, no, no. No, no, that was your yeah, program. Well, we got so many programs. You are, we have so many. I think the big thing is communications, letting people know what's going on. And then anything new that we do, yeah. So I, I, I see us as communicators, as a lynch, linchpin. Is that, is that what you So I, 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 don't, I don't see that communication um, and that liaison changing at all. I think that that continues to go. My understanding was that um, that there was a desire of the COA to kind of, of, of really do something a little bit different this year and, and focus in on something that the COA, through what you're hearing from the seniors and the community, uh, could really help spearhead um, uh, to start. And, and I, I don't see this as, if, if we were to go like the trail route, I would not see this as, um, all right, this is, uh, we put this trail in down at Baltimore and, you know, this, this was done in cooperation with the COA from 2023. I don't see that. I see this as you all are providing feedback that this is the type of program that the community needs and you're, giving guidance and, and, and suggestions to the department on how we can better serve the seniors. Um, because even like, you know, with, I mentioned the pros board earlier, the, the fields initiative from a decade ago, that was their idea that they heard from the community. They helped create the, the program, but then we implemented the program. Um, linear parks and trails is the same thing. Uh, I would see this as being, this is an idea that came from the COA, um, with help from Sally, and the, um, but you helped us kind of formulate and massage what that would look like, and then we take that, and, and by doing so, um, uh, it's just a, a, another program that we're offering and, uh, and, and providing access and accessibility for, for all. And an example just from previous years of the COA doing a project like this is the Community Ambassador Program. So that came out of the COA and then staff implemented it. So something along those lines. We just make more work for the staff. Well, and, 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 you know, I, no, no, it's, I know you're joking, but it's, it's a very legitimate, um, uh, point of conversation because um, I'm not going to be blunt, but I'm, I'll just be blunt. Uh, <laughs> uh, commissions and advisory boards and whatnot don't direct staff. You know, that, right. that, that, that comes from the board. Um, but I think the reason, and Mike and I talked a little bit about this, the reason why I think that we would not need to go to the board for direction on this is because the board has already given us direction to expand the trail program within the county. And I think that, uh, and they've also given us the direction uh, and the latitude of our existing trail systems. We're responsible for maintaining them. 
And, and at times, we do need to change the location of those trails for a variety yeah. of things. And we have some latitude to do those types of things. So what I would see this as is already um, being under the direction that we've been given by the board. Uh, it would just be kind of focusing a certain number of, of these trails um, for seniors or accessibility for seniors um, because I think that that provides accessibility yeah. for everybody. Thanks for that presentation. There is tremendous amount of grant. Good. And do you foresee um, the idea in, in just one location or perhaps throughout the Eastern and Western? When we were talking back in December, what I what I told Mike was, let's let's start with one um, because we need to work things out. It's kind of like building a house; you build three before you get it right. Uh, but let's start with one, um, uh, with with the understanding that this is a need that will be everywhere, and and we'll roll for that because we don't know, and that's what we're going to look to you all uh, to help provide input as well as what type of a of thing do you want to see? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't anticipate this being a funny John tree. No, but they have certain things. You know. Maybe they have knowledge. Well, you actually just answered my question and that was, are we going to still work in tandem like together to help build this out with the initiative? And, 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 and I think that that is that is where you know I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I know what is best. Right. Um, I mean, my staff will tell you that that's absolutely true. But I think that we would look for for guidance from you all, and obviously we would uh, involve you know, your board staff and, and, and Sally. Um, so, Steve, how would we stay connected as a firm? I mean, would it be something once a quarter or once a month that you just come and give a three-minute update at the COA meeting? We, we certainly could do that, but what I, what I would suggest and what we have done in the past is if you have somebody on the COA that could kind of help work with our staff and, and do that outside, I would not suggest oh, more I, I think i would not suggest more than two uh, because <laughs> then you're in the foyer and and i don't want to have to have those meetings publicly uh, you know, done. but you know one or two people that could represent the coa and, and correct and and then we would just kind of brainstorm um ideas and come up with a plan and bring that back to the coa and and then that person the liaison to bring it back in the evening yeah yeah, exactly. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> is there a timeline for this project? Timeline is, is, is up to you. I mean, we, we're opening trails and doing maintenance on trails all the time. So, you know, I think that this is something that we can fold uh, into current operations. Um, but we also want to want to do it right. We don't yes. want to do something that, uh, and I can tell you that the cost of the, the to do what they did out at Sky Meadows was, I mean, it wasn't inexpensive, but it wasn't expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and they also were were dealing 100% with volunteers, where we do have staff and we have, um, we've got some equipment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
I wanted to suggest that um, I really like the ideas uh, that Nancy has brought up with the book. Actually, she talked about the children that are ADHD, but she also talked on the other side of the spectrum and the folks that are really um, aging, as we all are. Um, and, and so what I'm trying to say, and I also like Dr. Is it not Nancy. What she has suggested is an Rx type of thing. I like that idea. So, what I'm trying to say is, even if it's one location, if you can incorporate all those multi layers, um, I mean, obviously not the whole spectrum, but several parts of you know, your ADHD, your visually impaired, your uh, mobility issue, um, whatever level, whatever age level you are. And then, of course, um, with the depression and anxiety, so that, and, and you have some good um, folks here that are experts um, just here in this room. And plus, of course, you've got lessons learned from the um, sky levels, would you say? Mm -hmm. So I just think that it's like, to me, even if it's one location to begin with, I feel that I, I hope you trust and believe that it would incorporate several layers of. I don't want to say impairments, but what's me empowerment, as you said. what I feel is that, but again, I'm just a I'm just a new member. So but I think Linda may agree that in a lot of situations the same environment will help a lot of different people. So right. it's not like we have to chunk it up. Yeah, which is really good because that's a lot less expensive. If I could add, Helen Brody Hansen, it's a long name, I apologize. It's a good example of we're so excited to go there. That path is paved, part of it is in the woods. I can't remember if there's a bench or not. Bench would make it perfect, but you have the water, you have the overlooks, you have the pavilion, you have the restrooms, you have the nature center, you have handicapped accessible picnic tables and a fire pit all right together. And in the nature center, those programs we've already been working, we plan to work with Anna, Anna, um, on a dementia friendly program there. That's just gonna be tweaked, you know. I mean, that nature center, if you haven't been there, there's fur to touch, there's leaves, there's a turtle. And where is Hopefully no snakes on that. How? Oh, and the children's playground is phenomenal. So, Steve, how do you go about this? Do you pull together a committee? I mean, Jerry, do you pull together some designers? How would you even start on a project like this? So, I think the starting point is to kind of formalize at least. The framework of, of desires and what we're talking about here. Um, and then uh, once we get to that point, um, you know, I'm not, I was not thinking that we would have to have outside um, necessarily frail designers for this, but there may be somebody that we need to uh, bring in, you know, if, if we're talking about interpretive signs or something. Like that. Uh, but I think the starting point really is, and, and probably not at full committee level, is to have that um, 
come up with a list of things of, of this is what we would potentially like to see, the ultimate wish list, and then uh, pair that with some of the places that we've been talking about. Um, because you may have certain things that it just aren't feasible in this right. That's program. kind of my question. And then come back with some ideas or, or some concepts uh, to come back to with the group on how to do Because you guys know you're just like the the uh, challenges that you said with the blessing part. Right. Yeah. That, uh, you know, maybe that isn't necessarily appropriate or anything special for like, right. So that, so that was really, we kind of bring you some ideas, but then. You know, it really works here, but that's correct. Okay. Claude Moore was just an idea because there's so many trails that are at Claude Moore that would uh, give some um, some opportunity there. But it may be that you know we, uh, we we come back and say you know what that this that we're talking about is is not at Claude Moore, but we may end up at the Tunnel Green. Right now, um, I don't know at that at this point. Right. <coughs> But of course, Claude Moore is close to a lot of senior housing. <laughs> so, you did mention the I number. Is this, do you think we could do one this year? I do. Okay, perfect. So, that would be great if we could dedicate this you know, next fall or whatever. You get invited to the opening, right? That's exactly <laughs> the point <laughs> <out of> there, right? <laughs> 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 Rich, I'll I'll sort of give it back. I guess um, you know we need to make some decisions internally. I guess to decide yeah. who might want to uh, be on the committee. Did you call it a committee or work group? So, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, don't Do you have interest in participating in that case? Well, I want to say one thing that yes, except that you know we have how many people here right. who yeah. are experts yeah. on this so. Uh, I would hate to take that position okay. since we need to leave it alone. However, Alma, the person who is a dreamer needs to get the position. So, well, I, I think my chair absolutely. Well, I'm happy to do it and, you know, want to do it. So, uh, but I also I think don't. The passion is maybe we could have one floating. Like, in other words, I could be that. Well, no, I could be like the person who attends all the meetings and reports back. But maybe we have an expert who attends some of them. Right. Would that rotate around? Yeah. I don't know if that would that work. I was so. just going to mention too that in terms of topical experts in the AAA and in PRCS, it's Sally, and obviously she's not on the commission, but she is an amazing resource yeah. for creating this type of project. But the boss from Bulgarian
I definitely think that it's it's plausible, but I think that's where we um, uh, need to have those conversations with the staff, um, both in locations, but also at particular locations. Every location is different. Mm -hmm. And as I was mentioning earlier, uh, with the program like her, mm -hmm. you know, when we get to the time of replacing equipment, we're able to add uh, equipment that's the appropriate time to do that. How it's always been in the past, but is there something new that we can look at um, from the standpoint of different types of structures, different types of amenities? Um, yeah. I mean, it's great to have a field trip, but then we're in all the logistics and that. And you're going to the center anyway. I mean, that's a big step for someone to leave their home and their depression or whatever. They're going through God help them um help us all um, with this COVID thing and, and go to a place. Why not have it be an individual facility and then we can as well as have to consider. Um, but again, this is the being very naive and not knowing all the costs and costs. Well, I think too, if I may, the, the idea of having district parks having one of these is that Anybody from anywhere, right. as long as they know about it, so they don't have to participate in the senior center. Right. And, right. and we may, and remember, some of these are for younger people who might be living in the So they wouldn't be. Yeah. Right. No, but I think what he's saying is excellent. In other words, rather than initially focusing on that, if they come up with equipment replacement, they start. Paying attention to okay, what can we do for you know, enhancing them? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. If I'm understanding correctly, it does our adult day center is a social model in a population they serve might not remember what they had for breakfast or their spouse or their kids or kids. And see, but the senior centers you're talking about, independent adults making their decisions too. Our program would be the caregiver. So if you expand it to include, it in, you know, they would, their caregiver would have to be there. Um, unless, I mean, it's, the program we offer to the public, the caregiver needs to be there. In a caregiver situation, you want a license, you want admissions process, you don't want to leave yourself open to it. Someone just dropping someone off and you end up calling 911. It's a fall. So it's kind of different. Um, right. Right. And that's really true. An indoor would be great. I'm teaching a meditation class in a couple of computer centers, and there's a patio outside the lunchroom. Which wouldn't be hard to implement. I could take my meditation class outside and take it from the same. Farm Ward has something with the swimming pool. There's a building. This is a senior center that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and it's easy. There's not a lot of anything you do. Just take chair outside, sit on a chair, and enjoy the. So, so Rich, may I suggest that we're kind of getting into the design where we kind of the future, but I think that maybe we could also talk about some of the other items that we had identified before, because there may be more than one of these that we want to do. I guess everybody's more or less, I think you can have a photo maybe 
object one is a lovely document. Um, I think that, that that's something we leave to Steve and uh, the overall planning, and he's already committed to that. So I, I think that we we don't need to call it a vote. Okay, that's very good. Um, do we need Steve any longer, or not? not uh -huh. <laughs> Oh, four. Well, oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I have your idea. Oh, you do? Because we don't need to see that. She's going to have two first. What is it? 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 That's her, yeah. Can, can I say one thing? You I got to thank you and your department. During all COVID, you guys did an excellent job keeping presenting as many opportunities as were feasible and then opening right up as soon as it was available with caution. So thank you guys. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys. Yeah. 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 I know it wasn't easy the whole time, but it was easy. You know, I. I'll share with you that uh, uh, the COVID was hard. Mm -hmm. We're still, still dealing with it. Um, but I can tell you that for me personally, there was there was no other place that I wanted to work um, before COVID than Loudon. And absolutely after COVID, that just reinforced my belief. Um, I, I, I tell the story of um, that March. Right when it first started, mm -hmm. I was actually tilling my garden at my house on a Sunday afternoon, and Tim Hemstreet called me, mm -hmm. and and we sat and talked for about two hours. I was standing literally in my garden, and the conversation was not, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do?" The conversation was, "What do we need to put in place to make sure that we're safe, but that we're open." And that conversation that Tim had with all of his departments um, was a different conversation than happened pretty much across the country. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I do believe we were the only ones in Virginia that opened pools. We were the only jurisdiction in the state of Virginia that opened pools that did not shut pools. And, and I'll tell you the quick story so I know that. Mike's trying to run me out. Um, <laughs> the, what everybody struggled with with COVID was not opening pool, but what do you do um, if you have a rescue in the water? Um, you know, what do you do if you have to go inside that six foot distance? Okay. And we didn't have the answer to that. And then one day we were sitting here talking and we were like, you know what, fire and rescue has not shut down going to helping people. Mm -hmm. What do they do? And so I called the chief and we called uh, Dr. Morgan, the, the chief medical advisor for the county, and we got together and we brainstormed. And we said, look, what is the deal that we can do here? What do we have to do to solve this problem? It's a little bit long story, but it's a good story. Um, what, and what came out, talking with Doc, Doc Dr. Goodfriend, it was like, we know that the COVID virus is killed with an elevated chlorine level. How high can we go and still be safe within the health department guidelines? Can we up it a little bit? 
And then Dr. Morgan was like, look, um, there, there really is, is no concern on the actual save from the water. The concern is when that person then gets on deck and the person administering care. And so if you went to the pools during COVID, what you saw was there was a separate person that was always on deck and was always in, had the ability to be completely protective uh, with PPE. That was that person's sole responsibility was to have 100% coverage in PPE in the case that we had a save so that that person took over and the lifeguard did not. With that, we opened pools. Good. We didn't have any issues with the pools, but it was a different way of thinking. And it wasn't that we were any different from anybody else. We we're all doing the same things. We're challenged with the same things. Uh, but but leadership in Loudoun County, uh, all the way to the top, um, said, look, we're not going to let this stop what we are called to do, which is serve the people. And, and we did a good job of you know, the staff just did an unbelievable job. So thank you for recognizing that. Really appreciate that. I think they kept the meals going too a lot of times. Yeah. That's correct. I can, and I can tell you that um, uh, the staff here, you know, um, well, across the department, but we had a lot of people here that, 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 that delivered and, and uh, had their lives changed by that. Had never done that yeah. before. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're talking about, you know, maintenance guys and sports guys and, and folks that have never had an experience like that, um, it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Good thing. So. We're good. Uh, I think we could probably adjourn and call it a day. And uh, Jeremy, and uh, if you'd like to stay, you're welcome to. I I was going to just stay through the county board policies just for that discussion. If there was any questions on on that, what were Deborah, are you taking that one? Yeah. Okay. That being the case, uh, we've got point of chairman. I'll make it very quick. Uh, um, first of all, there is a uh, Commonwealth Council on Aging on January 18th. Uh, that, is, that is going to be held in Caruso, Virginia. I don't know if remote participation is going to be allowed, but uh, the materials are going to be posted uh, soon, and I'll, I'll send out where the uh, what the link is. And then there's an annual update on aging in Virginia. The Virginia Center on Aging and the Virginia Department of Aging and Rehabilitative Services has a legislative breakfast, similar to what Leslie just did. Um, and uh, that is a virtual event uh, that uh, we should have had the date, but I don't. Uh, uh, it's on, uh, uh, but. Um, I'm anxious to see if there are any of uh, our priorities that are legislative priorities that are included. And I'll send out information on that. But, uh, and the link is uh, at the VCU College of 
Ten band is going on now, and I have alerted ten band that loud mechanic participation today is limited. And we have this and the next meeting will come March 21st. Loudon is next scheduled to host on November 20th. And I've commented that at least in passing on the senior center programs. Uh, both Patricia and Linda are often programs uh, uh, Sterling and Ashburn site. And I know that most of you missed the Christian youth Christmas people later. Oh, I didn't. So I, I participated in the ukulele lesson at uh, Ashburn. And we put on a performance of both Ashburn and Sterling. Uh, and finally, New Year's resolutions. Uh, this is a philosophical approach. Make them attainable in a short duration. So that way we check off blocks every once in a while. Like get up before 8.30 or do that. <laughs> I can do that. Uh, any questions on my uh, on my comments? As I said, I owe information on uh, the annual update. And I, I know that that's on the 22nd or so, but I'll find And I'll find out more information on January 18th. That concludes. Uh, so, uh, Deborah, you're on. Leslie is going to get a um, service report coming from um, Patricia. Patricia. Okay. And Leslie is going to give the initial report. Hey, okay. Okay. Um, so, I have Trisha's report first, and then I have the update for the Cousin Ford policies. Is okay. that okay? Okay. So, first, um, Trisha wanted me to share that VICAP wrapped up their open enrollment season. And Mary Lou Wilkins and Jane Bretson did a fabulous job, as always. Open enrollment was seamless and efficient, um, and they, along with their team of volunteers, did a great job in serving on county residents. Mary Lou is currently compiling their statistics, and she's going to come to a future COA meeting and share that data, um, likely in March. She usually presents in March every year. Um, additionally, we did receive a grant to hire a part-time, very short-term VICAP person, an assistant, and that position will go through the regular recruitment process. Um, caregiver services, there's an upcoming trip for caregivers to the theater on January 25th. We have 15 caregivers attending and it's full. Um, this is the first caregiver trip that we've offered. Um, Terry Fleming for the Senior Trips Program has been very helpful in answering all of my questions, and um, she regularly takes groups up to Toby's in Maryland. So special thanks to Terry Fleming and to Deborah Williams for, for support of that and help with all of that. Um, we do have some new education programs for caregivers that are coming up this spring. We'll send everyone a flyer via email, but just to give you some of the ideas, um, give you an idea of some of the topics we have, the power of routines and how a routine can benefit people with dementia also becoming the calmest person in the room and how to manage chaos and dementia. Um, and then we have a presentation on legal planning and then another presentation on financial planning. And that's just in um, February and March. Um, Trisha also asked that I share that um, I'll be chairing the 2023 and the 37th annual Northern Virginia Dementia Care Consortium Conference. 
Um, that's held at, uh, on Veterans Day every year. And so this year we'll have more representation from Loudoun. So we'll send more details as the program for that is finalized. Hopefully everybody can attend. Um, Rhythm Makers, the Chime In program had their first recital in December at Leesburg Senior Center. The room was packed. Uh, it was a beautiful performance. Lori Stahl did an amazing job leading the Handshine group. And then Erin Nesbitt, we had no idea how talented she was, but she filled in on the chimes and um, they were just excellent. So the group continues to meet. They're actually meeting today um, at Leesburg Senior Center and we'll have another performance this year and we'll keep everyone updated on that. Case management, it's been extremely busy as everyone is aware, a lot of um, significant needs. Trisha's working on bringing on another case manager, but that process could take some time. So we'll see if you have anything about that position that you wanted to add, but Trisha had said that it could take a few more months to finalize that. Okay. Um, hopefully we'll know more soon. Um, sale, I did not know that you were a trainer, but thank you for that. So that's an evidence-based falls prevention program that we're doing at the senior centers. Um, Ciola Grant at Ashburn has really made that program a, a huge success along with the trainers. And um, it's also being um, implemented at the community centers as well. Um, and then Kim, to answer your question about the website. So in November, we had briefly talked about um, questions about accessibility of the website, um, the PRPS website and the AAA page, and how to access, how older adults can access it um, easier and more efficiently. So uh, the PRCS marketing manager, Abby Kimball, and then Craig Troxell, who's our communications manager, they will be presenting at um, a COA meeting. We're looking at the dates either April or May, and they can um, answer questions and take some feedback at that, at that time. Um, and then just in terms of the county board policies, I understand from Tisha that there were some questions Steve is also here to answer those questions, but the questions regarding individual remote participation, um, so that must be approved and vetted through the county attorney's office. So if someone needs to participate remotely, that's just if one person decided that they could not come for whatever the medical reason is or personal reason, they must send an email to the COA chair um, and then also to the staff liaison prior to noon, the day before the meeting. That's actually probably not enough time because then that information has to be sent to the county attorney's office for approval because they're tracking that information. Um, and in terms of the number of meetings for individual participation, remote participation, it would be 25% or two meetings, um, whichever is greater. Um, so if there's 12 meetings per year of the COA, then three can be remote. Um, and then, and then the person who requires the um, remote participation, they can either phone in or they can do it on an online platform like Teams, which is something that we use here. So, may I ask a question? Sure. All right. So, I, I kind of got lost in one thing. So, the twenty-five percent said you're saying one person can miss twenty-five percent, yes. or that twenty-five percent of all meetings can be remote. 25% for the one, one person can miss up to 25, can participate remotely. Um, 25% or, or two, whichever is greater. But there still has to be a, a quorum here in order for that person to miss. So no meetings can be 100%. No meetings okay. can be. All right. 
This new thing is very, very confusing. I just add to what uh, you said was, was, was spot on with regards to individuals. I'll add one additional thing. So um, you are, the commission is allowed to have, um, with the number that you have, the meetings you have this year, you can have a remote meeting. Okay? Up to two a year, but they cannot be back to back. You can't have two in a row. The, 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 the thing that comes into play with remote participation is it is a, a challenge of getting those formal approvals through the county attorney's office in a timely manner, particularly in those cases where somebody is ill um, and they just got sick that day. It's, it's a challenge. If you're traveling for business and you know ahead of time, um, you can kind of grease the skids a little bit and then send that stuff in to get that, that approval. Um, but as, um, as Leslie was saying, uh, there has to be a physical forum in place in order for somebody to remote participate. Okay. Um, you can, you can remotely, individually can remotely participate up based upon the number of meetings that you all have on the calendar can, can do two a year. Okay, unless it is a medical condition, and then you can get an approval to go more than that. And if it is travel for business or travel for personal, but you still want to remit, you can only do two of those per year. And for remote participation on individuals, it's not the back-to-back -back restriction. So you could do two meetings back-to-back, -back, whereas as the commission as a whole, you can't do two back-to-back -back remote meetings. Did I really confuse everybody? <laughs> and there has to be a lot of notice for the all virtual. So if the commission decided that you want to have some, an all virtual meeting, um, you have to provide enough information because, again, that has to go through the county attorney's office. And it also has to be made public on the calendar with a link. And the agenda has to be posted. And so having just three days business notice is not quite enough time to for all of those moving parts and 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 the, the meetings that are remote um the reason why um we ask if you're going to try to do that as we was saying give us as much notice as possible because there's an electronic component to that as well because remote participation of this body still needs to have public access to that meeting um, and, and that's where you have to have it set up to where the public has the ability to remotely provide public input and listen and things. So it's not just, and we're just going to call everybody on the land. So Steve, the, the board, the board, I know it's kind of commission, between the first meeting of the year, lays out their meetings for the next 12 months. That's correct. So if we did that as well, and we picked two out there, we already know this is not something to do. Okay. That's that's correct, and that's and uh, I know, like for example, with the uh, we need to throw forward on Thursday night. <laughs> that's what that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about: which ones do they want to consider to be remote, and which ones are going to be remote. <laughs> so the third thing is my wake up on Tuesday and talking. I don't know. I can't even just stay home. I can't. Well, I know, you, you, can, you, can, you can you could you could attempt, but the but the likelihood is it's not. 
happy about what we talked about with the trails excited right. about the development yeah. Tony. Uh, just two quick items uh, I uh, I recruited a person to make deliveries as part of the home delivery meals program another guy John, John a guy I worked with in the election office so that, that's mm -hmm. and really if you, if, 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 and I, I learned a lot doing this on delivery seeing what's out there and what the problems are and who's out there and I also took part in the, uh, well, I wanted to take part. I bought a ticket for Elvis Presley's birthday last Friday. <laughs> uh, but I, I couldn't make the thing. But uh, I was in the Army with Elvis. I was uh, in Germany, about 30 miles apart. I never met him, but uh, he, uh, he was a good soldier. And he used to go to the field. And, and uh, his father was living with him there. They lived in Bad Nauheim, which is a resort town. Bad, Bad is good in Germany. That's it means bath. <laughs> anyway, uh, Elvis, uh, and they have a statue. My I, my wife has all of They have a statue of Elvis. But long story short, uh, I donated a, uh, uh, I had a Stover's chocolate box with Elvis's picture on it and his signature, Merry Christmas. Oh, it's in. I don't know where you got it. And I, I, I bought some updated Stover chocolate. And they use that as a door box. Anyway, it was oh, kind of fun. A lot, lot of good things going on. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 
and knowing Robert's rules of origin, say was two numbers. Any other nominations for chair? Any other nominations for chair? Nominations for chair closed. Uh, do I have any nominations for vice chair? Nominate Mike Wilkins. Mike Wilkins is nominated for vice chair. Are there any other I'm nominations? Second, okay. Are there any other nominations for vice chair? Any other nominations for vice chair? Any other nominations for vice chair? You're hearing none. Nominations for vice chair are closed. Any nominations for secretary? Here we have. Mike was the secretary. Mike was the secretary. Mike was the secretary. Yeah, Nominations for secretary are closed. Ladies and gentlemen, we have three positions. Each position has a single nomination. I'd like to suggest we have the unanimous approval for Chair Tony Basuo, Vice Chair Mike Wilson, Secretary Kimba. Do I have your concurrence on unanimous approval? Say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Do we have any? Thank you. 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 Instead of having our meetings here, have a meeting at the senior center every month. 
But that might be hard for staff. Mm -hmm. We need to consider the staff. Well, maybe you could do one or two off-site. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe one or two, two but not yeah. unless you guys are willing to do that. I, I was just thinking of changing the venues instead of meeting here. Yeah, uh, but what I'm, but these guys can, their availability might not be, yeah. you know, they may only have the two hours that we have to travel. My yeah. experience in dealing with government cases is generally if you do one or two off site, that it's, that it's okay, get it done, mm -hmm. because you're just gone for that one, just a couple hours that one day. So that's something I think you can detect in But I, I think it makes a lot of sense to take that to the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like the senior center idea, but we really need to consider what's going to be good for them too. So I don't, I don't know that we need the staff. Well, no, we yeah, should have staff. I mean, that would be terrible. We, we shouldn't have staff. facility. <laughs> so, Deborah, do, are there rooms that we could like that would need to be at least this building mm -hmm. in all the senior centers? Or, or a couple, whatever. Yeah, it's um, that um, in all of the centers, but car that may be an issue with um, what we're doing at Carver, um, because we would have to take that through the space. And um, how far in advance would you need to know so that? Um, at least um, for Carver, I believe you need at least. With my Carver, I'm talking about. Like, for any other centers, I, we could do it within a month because most of the time the conference center, the conference rooms are not used on a regular and it's a morning meeting. Right. So we could very well um, set it up at any of the centers within so a month, 30 at, days. At one month's meeting, we could say we want to meet Correct. next month to here. Then we could meet. That, that's a great possibility. Yeah. So you're talking about staff like mm -hmm. Terry, primarily, and Rice. Like Terry and Trisha. Trisha, yeah. 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 Maybe you can plan ahead and say in two or three months you're going to do one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have to have good notice. I guess that's what it is, at least to give them a lot of notice. Yeah. I would also ask if we're going to be there until 1130, would we be welcome to buy have lunch, lunch or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good idea. yeah. And if you are if we know in advance, the staff will put it on the um, on their uh, <coughs> agenda uh, or approval of the day what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you could also say how many lunches you want, and we can make sure that your lunches went on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're going to look at the calendar to figure out if you're going to have any virtual meetings, then maybe pick what months you would want to have a meeting at a center, and then. We can all figure out which center and who has space and do it that way. So we yeah. can probably add that to the agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in between from now until next meeting, I'll, I'll do some research on what, what we can do, what we can't do, and all that. We got up there. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Would we be able to open ourselves up to the right table? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's, well, the, yeah. Yeah, we got, uh, got a question. My, my intent is not only for us to meet, but also to hear from the seniors that are there. Okay. You know, maybe I maybe even change the time. Eat first and then have a meeting after. Yeah. 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 
or anyway, tied in with the line. Better to keep some of us should be the same. <laughs> and then I'm not sure I have Thank you.